Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Dr. David Crystal. Doctor, thank you so much for joining me tonight. You're welcome. It's great to have you here. It's really exciting. You have a new book out right now. It's titled An Amazing Fish Story. So, David, can you tell me all about what readers can find here? Well, I love to tell stories to my children. I have five children, and I think it's important as part of their education that I can just lay down in bed with them and invent a story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the stories I tell my children has to do with fishing and fish. I don't know why that is. <laughs> I like the beach, I guess. And now we're busy telling stories to my grandchildren. Mm. I have 10 grandchildren. Now, David, before writing An Amazing Fish Story, had you ever written or been published? No, no. I told stories, but I never wrote them and had them published. I wrote that story and illustrated it five years ago, and it just sat there and sat there, and finally I spoke to a cousin of mine whose wife published the book, and he helped me find the publisher, and I'm very happy with the results. Hmm. Did it take you a long time to write and illustrate and then put through the publishing process? Actually, the writing and illustrating didn't take me long at all. But to find a publisher, I waited a long time, mm. and I couldn't have done it without the help of my kid cousin, who had done it once before with his wife. I mean, he knew where to tell me to call. It was very simple once I found a good publisher. Mm. What was it like then once you finally got that first hard copy in after all that time of working on it, and you got to hold this thing that you made, David? It's very nice. Again, it's the kind of story. You can tell children before they go to sleep. And at the end of the book, you see the bottom of what is a geological time scale. The little fish is at the bottom, and next there are lizards, alligators, mammoths, mammoths, cows, and then finally a little boy. And it took 500 million years for the development of the human species once the fish left the water. And, you know, I give the fish a little bit of a personality. I give them a name. And I think it makes it easier for children to relate. In fact, one of the people I gave the book to told me that their son walked through a store that had fish tanks. And he said, look, there's Henry in the tank. I really felt very happy about that because he was relating to the story that I had written. Mm. David, what are the chances you'll be writing a follow-up, a sequel to An Amazing Fish Story? Well, again, I have a complete story, but I have not illustrated it and wrote it. I just keep telling it. And to give you an idea of how much fun it could be, do you know how to catch a giant squid? I have no idea. 
Do you know what their favorite food is? Well, they love whale burgers. So the first thing you do is you have to get a boat and go out into the ocean and catch a whale. Oh, wow. And cook the whale, the meat, and make whale burgers. And then you have to get back out in the ocean. And you have to drop in the middle of the ocean was where the giant squids live at the bottom. And you have to drop your hook and sinker with the whale burger on it right down to the bottom. And as luck would have it, I hit a giant squid right on the head. Wow. He was sleeping. And when he woke up, he says, I smell whale burger. <laughs> and he sure did. And the next thing you know, he ate it. And I caught this giant squid. And brought him back home to get some calamari. Mm. I know a lot of people are going to really love this story. And I encourage my listeners to check this book out. It's titled An Amazing Fish Story. It's written by Dr. David Crystal, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, you can find it everywhere, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. David, thank you again for joining me here at the show tonight and telling me all about the amazing fish story. And now I know how to catch a giant squid, and I thank you for that. Thanks again for your time. Thank you very much, and I'm looking forward. Maybe one of these days we'll meet sometime. A Young Girl Discovers God for the First Time in the new book by Tracy Freelinghausen. It's titled Paul the Doll. Tracy is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and I get to talk with her all about it. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here with me tonight. Well, thank you very much for letting me be here. <laughs> it's my pleasure to have you, Tracy. Can you tell me all about what readers can find in Paul the Doll? Well, Paul the Doll, you kind of summed it up. Uh, it's a very innocent story where a young girl discovers God for the first time without all of the <laughs> pre-cluttered as we get to be adults, just mm. kind of a fresh brain. And it's an innocent introduction. And it touched me because it was a personal situation with me. You know, prayers do come true. Mm. But you have to be prepared on how the prayers come to you. It was a situation I was inspired one day. And I thought, shoot, I'm going to write this and express a personal experience with me. But I wanted to put it in a children's eyes. Mm. So this is a children's book. About what age range were you looking at? Six to probably ten just depends on the maturity of the child. So, Tracy, tell me, how did you get the idea or what inspired you to write this book? Well, I've had many situations happen to me in the last 15 years. In fact, I've written quite, quite a few. This is my first that's published. This was kind of stemmed a personal one when I was praying to God to actually rescue my cat. Hmm. He was dying, and it was a very unique situation. I couldn't take him to my regular vet. So I had to take him to the emergency vet situation he's had before and we weren't sure to spend the money and have it happen again and as we were waiting to see the vet we were watching a program called Alaska Vet and he was talking about a procedure he does to save these cats from dying so as we went in to talk to the vet we explained to him that we just saw this program on Alaska Vet that you guys can save this cat because well none of us know how to do this procedure but we have a visiting vet that's here for today only that can do it and he has time to take care of your cat today at two. Wow. So I found that as the inspiration and I thought you know what instead of Duke the cat let's make it Paul the doll. I love it. Tracy have you ever written before or been published before this? No I haven't. It's just a situation that I feel blessed. In fact I am blessed. 
Mm. I'm getting all these inspirations to write. I've had some personal health situations that I have found solutions and cures for. And I'm just thought I'd document it all on a book. And then one of my sisters suggested, well, let's just write a children's book. So I've I'm writing away, and many ideas are coming to me. And in 22, I sat down and wrote seven. This is one of my first ones. Wow. Do you plan on publishing others then? I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Fantastic. Yes. Being your first one, did this one take you a really long time to write and then get published? Well, to get it published, yes. To get it to write, no. And that's the um, why I, I know I'm blessed. I just sat down and just started writing. I got it done in about two or three days. And, of course, sent it to my editor and had to make a few corrections. And then a month later, sent it to Christian Publishing. And they said, we love it. Let's go. And I said, okay. And and here we are. Mm. I can only imagine when you finally got the first hard copy in after you've been working on it all that time just up on the computer screen. What was it like that moment you got to hold this thing that you made? Oh, I, I was very excited. Mm. Since my husband came home, I had to show him real fast, and he didn't have a chance to hold it very long. And, <laughs> and then I got a couple extra copies and sent it out to close family members. And like I said a second ago, I have it in our living room displayed above our clock for all mm. people to see. No, I'm very proud of it. it it's very well done. Yeah, you should be proud of it. You know, a lot of people say, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to write a book, and then it never happens. They never get around to it. So What advice would you have to people out there who are thinking about writing a book, they really want to write a book, just from your experience, what advice would you have for new authors? Well, since I am a new author, just kind of do what I do. Don't give up. You know, it's true. You hear it a thousand times, you know, the difference between successful and unsuccessful. Successful people don't quit. Mm. And I was very persistent and I'm still persistent. And don't give up. If you're meant to do it, not even if you're meant to do it, at least write the book. At least write it. So if it's a situation comes up where you have an opportunity to publish it, it's already done. What a wonderful book. I know a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this. It's called Paul the Doll. It's written by Tracy Freelinghausen and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick it up anywhere like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes and also traditional brick and mortar stores. Well, Tracy, thank you again for joining me here tonight, telling me all about Paul the Doll and all the exciting things you have going on. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Serenity Lake. It's the new book. It just hit store shelves. It's written by Brian J. Legault. And really happy that Brian's joined me here tonight at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to chat all about it. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Corey. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here, Brian. Can you tell me what readers are in store for with Serenity Lake? I say it's written for um, those that enjoy the outdoors, whether it's you know, hunting, hiking, camping, and also for those that have been outdoors, you know, such as even farmers for that matter, that may or may not have had some really strange encounters or are just interested in you know, cryptids and, and just other things that are just outside of the norm. Mm. And what inspired you? What gave you the idea to sit down and get started writing this book? Well, a lot of it had to do with my own personal life experiences, my own personal demons growing up, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's part of the story as well. And I figured, well, why not touch into something that I don't think is written too much about as far as like a fictional horror type story. Mm-hmm. Now, how long did this one take you to write? Did you battle with things like writer's block or did it come pretty easy to you? There was a little bit of a writer's block, but the total time was really about three years. So it was actually really fast. And I would bring a notebook and a pen into work where I used to work. And on my breaks, I would just write down different ideas, thoughts, and develop the story from there. 
Is this your first time in the arena of writing and publishing, or have you done this kind of thing before? This is my very first published but I have written just for fun off and on ever since my sixth grade, way back in the 70s, 80s. What was it like then when you finally got that first hard copy and got to hold it in your hands and look at this thing that you created? Well, I had to say, I was just like a little boy on Christmas Day. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. It was like, wow, this is like so real. So do you think you have more books in yet? Do you plan on writing and publishing more? Oh, absolutely. This is actually the first of a planned four-book series hmm. that's going to branch off into other things that's going to create a much bigger world, and, and this uh, rabbit hole is going to get deeper and deeper. Now, Brian, especially when it comes to fiction, are you the kind of writer who kind of starts with an idea or maybe a scene, and then you start writing and see where it goes from there? Or do you have things more outlined out, you know, how things are going to happen? I'd say it's a little bit of both because it always starts with an idea. And sometimes even things like uh, if I remember a nightmare, I'll jot that down to the best of my recollection as to what I can remember from it. And I draw inspiration from that as far as like a scene. But I also think about an overall concept. Where does it that I want to go ultimately? Where do I want to take the readers on this particular journey? Do I just want to create, you know, just a story or do I want to create something bigger? And I decided I wanted to create something bigger. Mm. So I have future installments outlined as to what my goals are for each one. A lot of people listening right now are novice authors, aspiring authors. They maybe haven't written their first book yet, but they're looking to do that. And Brian, do you have any advice, any encouragement that you could offer them? Oh, absolutely. I say do it. Follow your heart. Mm. Whatever you do, don't give up. Keep working at it. There's going to be days that are going to be really good. There's going to be days that are going to be not so good. But cherish each day and just plug away just a little bit at a time. It will eventually come to fruition and just don't give up. Great advice, Brian. Now, this is a lot of work, a lot of time and energy goes into doing something like this, Brian. So is it all worth it? What's the most rewarding thing for you of all this? For me, it is worth it and it is hard work. I think my biggest enjoyment is knowing that people are enjoying it because I've already had uh, a small group of people that actually uh, read and work and they gave me their feedback and it's absolutely encouraging. And I felt like I was hitting my marks for my first effort. And all I can say is I know I'm going to get better. So it is about giving other people entertainment just to get a little bit of an escapism, possibly even think about different things too at the same time. Brian, this is horror fiction like you were talking about. Is this the kind of thing that you normally take in when you read? Are you a fan of this genre yourself? I used to read a lot of horror back when I was in junior high, but now I'm more into uh, documentaries and esoteric-type topics as well as current event-type topics. That's why I don't really read a lot of horror, and I haven't for probably close to 10 to 15 years. I think a lot of readers are really going to be into this book, and they should definitely check it out. It's called Serenity Lake. It's written by Brian J. Legault, and it's published by Fulton Books. Of course, you can pick this one up everywhere, like on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Brian, thank you again for joining me here on the show tonight and telling me about your work. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you, Corey, and it was great to talk to you about this, and just to get the word out is just absolutely fantastic. It is literally a dream come true. Solace. That's the name of the new book. It's out in stores right now. The author is Abby Rose Gladden, and I'm delighted that Abby is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to talk all about the book. Abby, thank you for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. The new book, Solace, you just put it out. What can readers expect in this, Abby? 
It's about a boy who's looking for a girl who can turn the tide of a war that's been going on for millennia, and a girl who gets pulled into the war when she meets this boy. Hmm. Abby, what sorts of readers do you think would really be into Solace? Young adults, maybe some teens. Now, can you go back and think about what sparked the idea for this? How were you inspired to write this story? What inspired me to write the story, the story kind of just writes itself. Hmm. So I have an autoimmune disease. I like to sit and write to cope with my illness. Hmm. I just sit down and write what comes to me and then piece it all together in the right order, sometimes taking things out and adding other things in, and it just becomes story. When it comes to being published, is this the first time you've done it? Yes, this is my first published work. Congratulations. Abby, what did it feel like when the day finally came and you got the first hard copy of Soulless In? You know, you've been working on it for so long up on the computer screen, and now you finally get to hold this thing you created. What was that moment like for you? It's indescribable. The first thing I wanted to do was read it, even though I pretty much know it by heart, <laughs> having written and edited it so many times. How long of a time period was this when you started writing it up until it was published? About three years. And now that you've been through this for the first time, Abby, I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. It can be quite the educational experience. So do you have any advice that you could offer to people listening now who are the aspiring authors? Don't give up. I believe everyone has something to share with the world, so let's hear it or, you know, read it as the case may be. And research publishers. Definitely do your work on researching publishers. Have you thought about maybe writing a follow-up to this, a sequel, or maybe doing some other kind of writing in the future? Yes. I have sequels planned for this book so that I can tell the whole story as I got writing. I realized it was too long for one book, and I do plan to write other books. Fantastic. Now, when you look back over everything, Abby, what's the most rewarding aspect for you of now being a published author? Getting to see my book come to life Mm. and knowing that people are enjoying the story that I wrote. That's hard a lot of times to write a book, publish a book all by yourself, Abby. Did you have people around you in your life who could support and encourage you along the way? Yes, I have very supportive family, Mm. and my older sister, she also loves to read, and we had a fantasy world of our own, so it's just for fun, and when we were younger, she inspired me to write this book. Now, it happens to so many of us authors, Abby, we'll sit down to write, we feel inspired to write, but then nothing comes out, the screen remains blank, we get writer's block. Does that kind of thing happen to you? Very often. Mm, How do you get through something like that? By writing other stories. Mm. Now, Abby, are you the kind of writer who likes to get up maybe early in the morning or maybe stay up late at night and write? Or are you the kind of writer that finds yourself writing as the ideas and the time are coming to you? I like to stay up late and write. And if I get an idea, I will just go downstairs and write it when I feel like it. And when you think about the kind of story that you're telling in Solace, is that the kind of thing that you find yourself drawn to when you read? Well, I actually like a lot of genres. I like historical fiction, romance, science fiction, fantasy, supernatural, and I also like to read about actual history. I know a lot of my listeners are really going to be into this book, and I encourage them to check this out. It's titled Solace. It's written by Abby Rose Gladden and is published by Covenant Books. 
You can grab this one up everywhere like on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Abby, it's been wonderful having you on the show here tonight. Thank you so much for telling me about Solus, and I can't wait to see what comes up next. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you very much. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling like nothing matters, then this book just might be for you. It's titled Compassion Beyond Understanding. It's written by Mark Tomasello. And Mark is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to talk all about this book. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you here tonight. So, Mark, can you tell me what readers will find in Compassion Beyond Understanding? Well, it's a myriad of things. I would first say, yes, it is about, you know, me and my experiences. So it is largely a testimony. But also, it's a lot of things I've learned and advice, of course, that I give my kids that no matter what you do, first thing you do is you go and you ask for forgiveness. Mm. The fact is, it's, it's, you know, a few people have read the book and the comments I got from them is it makes me laugh, it makes me cry, and then it makes me look at my own life. Mm. But the true repentance of things is really not about the stuff we do. Because we all, I've horribly messed up in many ways. But it's the fact that, you know, the first repentance of anything is really of him. Mm. So it, it kind of dives deep and then it brings a lot of truth and also prepares people to begin that journey. Mark, what convinced you to sit down and write this book and, and to publish this for the world? What sparked you? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. Through my years and praying and stuff, I've had hints or indications to do such a thing, but I never like acted on it. Mm. I, of course, you know, I think it was during COVID or even and prior to COVID that I got involved in doing some prayer calls, something I've never done. And so I was doing these prayer calls, and of course, people are like, "You need to lead the call," and it's a, it's a national thing. It's called Strike Force of Prayer. Dot com is a worldwide prayer thing. And, I, and again, I'm not that type of person. I'll pray myself, but I don't usually you know, go on a prayer call and pray mm. with other people. So one day I became the captain of the Texas Brigade that covers the state. And I was talking to one of the prayer partners and we were just kind of talking. We were just, you know, he's telling me about things that happened to him. And I was telling him things about myself and what happened to me. And really just our testimony is like, oh, my God, this happened to me, or, you know, God did this at this time, and, you know, it's amazing. So we're kind of telling each other stories. And as I was telling him some of mine, he was, you know, quite taken back by them. I take them for granted because I just don't see the importance of a lot of it. You know, some of it's pretty cool, and I'll give it to people as they need it. But he's like, you really need to write a book and talk about these things that you can help a lot of people. So I said, yeah, I'll think about that, you know, and I, I started thinking about it and it was COVID and of course not much was going on at that time. And I prayed about it and the Lord kind of impressed upon me. He said, Mark, I've given you a great deal of compassion. Mm. I've shown you compassion, huge amounts. And I want you to write this book and I want you to tell people of my compassion. And so that's kind of where it went. And then I got the idea for the name. It, to me, it's compassion beyond understanding because it's not something I believe I'm like worthy of. Mm. But the fact is, it's not only real, but it's available. Before this, Mark, had you ever written or been published? 
You know, I never have. I'm not what you call a highly educated person. I got my GED and moved out of Buffalo at the age of 17, went to Arizona, other than taking classes here and there and stuff like that, no degrees. I'm not what you would call literary. You know, I, I pretty much write like I talk. I am currently have been a business owner for the last 26 years. And again, an answer to a prayer. But I probably come off a little smarter than I am. I, I'm just not an academic. Well, Mark, I know there are a lot of people out there who need this book and would definitely benefit from it. And I encourage my listeners to check it out. The title is Compassion Beyond Understanding. It's written by Mark Tomasello. And it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can grab it anywhere, like at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Mark, thank you again for joining me here and telling me all about Compassion Beyond Understanding and what's on your heart. I had a really nice time talking with you tonight. It was my pleasure. Hopefully we hit the points that needed to be hit. You know, it's, it's all about him, not me. Joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Psalmist Cheryl A. Boone. Cheryl, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much. I am very, very glad to be here with you this evening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that you're here with me this evening. So, Cheryl, you have a new book out titled Be Encouraged. What's this one all about? Yes, my book called Be Encouraged. It's about encouraging others not to give up on their dreams, to be determined to keep going. And when life is going or not going your way, that is going to be a brighter day. Mm. And this is a book of prophetic poetry. Can you go into that? Yes, it is a book of prophetic poetry. And when I say prophetic poetry, I use the word prophetic for the simple fact that these are poems that came straight from God, came out of me being in prayer. And after that, God would speak to my heart and begin to give me things to write down. And, and with that, I would start writing. And that's why I call it prophetic poetry. Hmm. So you're getting all these poems, you're writing them down. And what made you decide, I'm going to collect these things, I'm going to put them in a book and publish this for the world? Well, what made me do it, it was during COVID, you know, when we were all shut in mm. and we had no way out and nowhere to go. And in my private time, spending with God, God told me to write a book. And at that time, I did not believe that I really could write, you know, as, as far as being an author. I didn't see that. But the Lord encouraged me to write. And from that point, I went on ahead and I started writing. Mm. Now, people who are in the church, the believers, are going to get a lot from this. Cheryl, what about the unbelievers? Is this something for them as well? Oh, definitely. Definitely, I would say it's not just for believers. It's for anyone who wants to be encouraged. Hmm. It's for anyone who needs to understand their work. It's for anyone who needs to know to be determined for whatever it is for their dream you know, and not to give up on what it is that they feel in their heart that they're actually called to do. Now, before Be Encouraged, Cheryl, have you ever written or been published before? Yes, I have. I published a book. My first book actually was another book of poetry. It's called Poems from the Heart. And I also have collaborated with a couple of other authors, and I'm a co-author in about three other books. Fantastic. Does that feeling ever get old for you then, Cheryl, whenever the first physical copy finally comes in the mail and you get to actually hold this thing you've been working on for so long? 
No, it never gets old. It, I am very excited <laughs> about every time a new book comes out because the whole thing is, is that I'm excited because I feel the writings of my poetry or even my short stories and the other books that I co-author in, it's there to help people. And as long as I know I can help other people in my writing, it's never going to get old. Mm. I get a feeling you got a lot more in you, Cheryl. Have you thought about what's next, <laughs> about what you're writing and publishing? You know what? Actually, yes. My next book that I would like to do is a children's book. Mm. And I would like it to be an audio book. I'm still working on it, but it's called It's a Brand New Day. And what that book is basically about is getting children to start their day off with Jesus. Because we always tell them about, okay, we say our prayers before we go to sleep. But how about let's teaching our children to wake up and start their day with the Lord? Oh, it's a fantastic idea. Now, Cheryl, so many people listening to us right now are authors just starting out. You know, they haven't written or published anything yet, but they feel like they are going to. Do you have any advice that you could offer them? Yes. The advice that I would give to those authors who have not yet discovered the fact that they are authors is just keep on writing, because more than likely you've already started jotting things down. Know that what you're jotting down is important. Know that it is there not just for you, because when we get it, it starts with us first, but it's, it also goes out to reach others. So I would say, don't give up, don't give in, keep on writing until you win. Well, if you're looking for inspiration, if you're looking for godly instruction, then check out this book. It's titled, Be Encouraged. It's written by Psalmist Cheryl A. Boone and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can get it everywhere, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Cheryl, thank you for coming on the show and sharing the book and your heart. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. God bless you. U.S. Economic Reconstruction Proposal Project. It's the new book. It's out in stores right now, written by Tarwo Boley. And Tarwo's right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're going to talk all about it. Tarwo, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Can you tell me all about what you've written in U.S. Economic Reconstruction Proposal Project? Yes. As you all know, you know, the United States right now is having a difficult time. If you really look at it, it is not really difficult. All depends, you know, if everybody can, you know, put in the effort. And that is the economy right now is not doing well. We owe a lot of jobs, I mean, debts and all kinds of things. You know, the industry is not doing well. What I look at is that we could bounce back if we really focus on uh, investment. If we really focus on investment, and that is we have to find the money to invest. As I look at it, the only people that have the money to do the investment are the taxpayers. So if the tax people can come together, you know, organize themselves, put in some money, and the money is well managed, and we can easily come in and start, you know, bringing by job, creating jobs, booming mm. the economy through industrial production and what I feel, taking on agricultural infrastructure and all those kind of things. 
We just need to organize ourselves. If we do that within a shorter period of time, we come again and bounce back. Taro, what sorts of readers were you writing for? Oh, I'm writing for the American public, you know, the taxpayer, the youth group, the women, you know, the men, everybody, everybody with me, you know, the American public. And have you ever written before? What's your writing background look like, Tarwo? Well, I'm not good at writing, actually, but I look at the need. There's a need. So I just, you know, with all my little knowledge I have, send it to the American people so that we all can look at it and we'll go from there. Mm. How long did this take you to write from when you first started sitting down writing it clear up until it hits store shelves? Well, I've been in this business for quite a long time. I, you know, I look at the future, you know, very bright. And sometimes when I discuss community or sometimes I rest with this thing, how people say, oh, you think too big, think too big. Well, yes, I think too big. That's good. You know, I have to think too big to call everybody. So actually, you know, during the COVID time, I have a little time. All day, also, I said, okay, don't put the idea together. So that's when I really developed a book and put it out there. When that day came, Tarwo, and you got the first physical copy in of U.S. Economic Reconstruction Proposal Project, what was that like for you? Wow, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. To see my name out there, <laughs> I'm trying to do something for the good United States. I couldn't believe it. And up to now, I'm still fighting, you know, very, very hard to implement my, my ideas. What are the chances we'll be seeing more from you in the future when it comes to more books? Well, yeah, right now I'm on the second book, and that was, you know, detail, you know, what people should expect, you know, what group of people would be benefited, what America would be like within the next three years within the process of organizing this idea. So the next book will be going to detail, actually. And that's what I'm doing now. Hmm. Tarwo, as you well know, a lot of time and energy goes into writing and publishing a book. So for you, what's the most rewarding aspect of now being a published author? Right now, I'm so blessed to be in a position that at least I want to make a world a better place. Hmm. So for me to write this book, it's an honor for me, especially for the great United States. It's an honor for me. So I look at my achievement to be something you know, wealthy, and I am not going to stop here. I will try my possible best, work along with people, so that this idea can put it into practice. Well, I know a lot of people out there are really going to like this book and ought to check it out. The title is U.S. Economic Reconstruction Proposal Project. It's written by Tarwo Bully, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can pick this one up everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookshop. Tarwo, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a really nice time chatting with you about your book. Thank you so much, too, for having me. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Constance Glickman. Connie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, so am I. I'm looking forward to finding out all about your new book. It's in stores now, and it's called Darby the Polka Dot Dinosaur. So, Connie, can you tell me all about this book? Yes, I'd love to. This story brings to children an imaginary friend, Darby. 
Darby the polka dot dinosaur. Darby, who can turn the color of love, catch vanilla cookie fish from the sky, and sing catchy songs and children laugh at the song is the answer to a birthday wish made to the mythical pink horse. Together, Darby and his buddy welcome playmates to share the fun of hide-and-seek, singing and dancing, to the, and here's what children love, and laugh, ha-cha, ha-cha, ha-ha-ha, and catching snowflakes on their tongues. Darby has a very long tongue. Darby and his buddy share the same birthday. His buddy will be five, and he will be one million. They have a party. And Darby never had a birthday party before. This is his first one. He's very touched. And they have birthday cupcakes, and they blow out the candles. The pink horse returns to grant their birthday wishes. She comes back and grants the birthday wishes of Darby and his buddy. And that is she grants them another gift of sharing another year together. At the end of the book is a separate page where readers can write or make their own birthday or their own wishes. And that's unique. And the pink horse, I hope, will grant the wishes of the readers and give them that gift of a happy and wonderful birthday. Mm. There was a lot of praise for Darby, the polka dot dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to read one of them to you. I will stumble a little bit because I have it under a magnifier, so go with me. This enchanting, delightful story of Darby, the polka dot dinosaur, taps into children's keen sense of make-believe and will appeal to young children very much. Connie, how did you get the idea or the inspiration for Darby, the polka dot dinosaur? Well, I know children love dinosaurs, and I have a magic pocket. I have children and grandchildren, and at one time I taught. I have a New York State and New York City teaching licenses, and I taught, and I know what children like, and they can pull it out of my magic pocket, and then my imagination takes over. That's what I wanted to discuss with you, the fact that children love fantasy, and the book is a fantasy book. The illustrations make that fantasy real. And I tried in the illustrations to capture the body language and the expressions of young children so they can relate to the fantasy and it becomes real for them. And I think I accomplished that because the praise that I've gotten for the book appears to augment that and say, yes, yes, that does happen. And I watch the faces of, of adults as they read it, and I see that they get absorbed as well. So I, I, I feel very gratified that that happens. And I wanted to bring that out for anybody who's a new writer or somebody who is writing a children's book. That is important to have the reality through illustrations as well as through words. Mm. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this book. Again, it's titled Darby the Polka Dot Dinosaur. It's written by Constance Glickman and is published by Newman Springs Publishing. Of course, you can find it everywhere, like on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and at traditional brick-and-mortar stores.
Well, Connie, thank you again for joining me tonight and telling me all about your book. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it as well. And thank you so much. I'm joined right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable by author Carol Williams. Carol, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me. Thank you, Cord. It's my pleasure and honor. It's my pleasure and honor to be talking with you today. I just wanted to congratulate you first off. You got a new book out in stores called Just in Time for Christmas. So, Carol, can you tell me what this one's all about? Well, Just in Time for Christmas is a story about loss and despair and then new beginnings with God's help and friends. Hmm. What sorts of readers were you writing for, Carol? Family and friends and anyone that likes a good Christmas story and uh, has faith that God will help us in these times. Hmm. Can you go back and tell me about whenever you got the idea for this and wanted to sit down and start writing this story? Actually, it was from a dream, Corey. Huh. I had been watching a lot of Christmas stories, and one night, went to bed, went to sleep, and the dream was so vivid, I knew that I had to put pen to paper, and that's what I did, and it took me approximately two weeks to write the story, and I wrote it originally as a screenplay. Oh, wow. So, we'll say what God's got planned for that, but he led me to having the book published, and I just follow his lead. Fantastic. Was that publishing process then a long one for you? No, not really. Covenant books have been great. They've been true to every word that they've spoken. It's taken about six months to get it to print. As I said, it was written as a screenplay, so in book form, it is a short story. Hmm. Now, Carol, when it comes to writing and publishing, is this something new to you? Yes. So I'm sure you learned an awful lot along the way. Do you have any advice that you could give to people listening right now who are authors just starting out like you? I guess my best advice is to pray about it, of course. Mm -hmm. But put your ideas pen to paper, as I said earlier, and don't be afraid of the risk. Don't be afraid of being told no, you know, because somebody out there, if you take your time with the book and put your heart and soul into it, somebody's going to see that effort. I know you put a lot of your heart and soul into Just in Time for Christmas. So when you finally got that hard copy in and you got to look at it and hold your book for that first time, Carol, what was that like for you? Oh, wow, Corey. It was amazing. Awesome. All the above. Mm. You know, it's hard to put in words exactly <laughs> how honored I felt to literally have the book in my hands. You know, something of me and Covenant Books did a great job on the illustration and helping me through the process. So to actually have something of me in print in my hands, it was just awesome. Have you given thought to maybe writing a follow-up to this or doing more writing in the future? Oh, yes. Yes. I have thoughts on paper. I'm not really sure which direction the story is going to go. But I have thoughts, and I have put that on paper, and beginning the first of the year, you know, letting the holiday season get behind us, mm. I'm going to start on the second installment of my writing career, I guess you would say. <laughs> but it will be a book. It will not be written as a screenplay. So that's going to take a little bit longer. But I'm excited about doing it and encouraged by my publishing assistant from Covenant Books. She's been great and very encouraging. So I'm looking forward to the endeavor. 
Hmm, that is exciting. Now, when you're writing, do you ever get writer's block or just hit that time whenever you don't know what to write next? And then, Carol, how do you get through that? On the first one, oh, well, the only one, just in time for Christmas, came extremely easy, and I give God the credit for that. The second one, I'm not sure. There may be some writer's block, <laughs> so I'm not quite sure how to answer that. <laughs> but just keep going forward and, and trust that it will work out, mm. you know? Get up, have a cup of coffee and whatever, you know, let your mind relax and then go back to it. Hmm. I know a lot of people will be blessed by this book. It's titled Just in Time for Christmas. It's written by Carol Williams and it's published by Covenant Books. Of course, you can grab it up everywhere like at Amazon and Barnes and Noble or iTunes and traditional brick and mortar stores. Well, Carol, it's been wonderful talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much for joining me here on the show. Well, thank you, Corey. It's my pleasure and my honor, and this is the first time for me, so thank you for the experience. The Footprints of Her Soul is the name of the new book in stores now, written by Vivi Tran, and Vivi is sitting right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. We get to talk all about the book. Vivi, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, Vivi, can you tell me what you've written about in The Footprints of Her Soul? Well, it's a memoir of a little girl growing up in Vietnam during the war and the long road of childhood poverty. Since I was a little girl, I realized that being poor does not change who you are, your value, or your dignity. Hmm. And then as growing up, you use this strategy to manage your life and to be grateful and humble and appreciate life in your later years. Hmm. Vivi, where did the idea or the inspiration for this book come from? Well, it's really, actually, I did not want to write a book. It was my grandson, while his mother was in a hospital, delivered my second grandchild. I babysit him, and he kept asking me, what was, what was it like, Grandma, when you were a little girl? Because I would say, well, you know, you have to eat food because in Vietnam, the children are hungry and mm. so don't waste it. So he always asked. And so because of that, it inspired me to write a memoir. But I actually, I wrote an autobiography instead because it's just for him, for my grandchildren. It wasn't meant to be for publication. But then later on, earlier this year, I found my diary that I had since I wrote since I was 16. And it was just my private, my diary of my life. And so I read it and every line is like a story. Mm. So I had it transcribed into a story in Vietnamese. Mm. And I let both of my sister read it. And then they said, oh, my God, I didn't realize this is what's going on in your life. Why don't you write it in English so that, you know, my family can share it, too, because they married to an American. And so I said, OK. So I translated into English. And as I was doing that, it's really still my decision to put this in my biography, to put it into a book. But I could not publish the autobiography, so I have to change that into a memoir and to combine these two together. And that's how it all began. Mm -hmm. Did it take you a long time to do this? The biography, I wrote it, you know, when my grandson was four years old, and he's now 15. 
it was never intended for publication. So I, you know, I just wrote and left it there so that I thought when I die, my daughter's going to find it and give it to them. That's my thought. But the, earlier this year, I finished, after I found my diary, I finished it in May. And that's when I saw the publication, the publishing, yes. Vivi, have you ever done anything like this before when it comes to writing or publishing? Yes. No, I wrote a lot of essay and short story in Vietnamese since I was in my teen. I was in Vietnamese in Vietnam, and they were published. You know, in local papers and in children's magazines. But it was just like short story, family story, or essay of things that I thought about. Yeah. I can only imagine the moment when you got the first physical copy in of The Footprints of Her Soul, Vivi. What was that like for you? I know. Oh, I, I went into my room by myself. It, it's, it's quiet and silent. I held a book in my hand. And I don't know why, but I thought of my parents, Mm. and I thanked them for my life, and then I cried. I don't know how to explain it, but it was just just something that, it's like I was doing it for them, Mm. you know? Yeah. I think a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this book. It's titled, The Footprints of Her Soul. It's written by Vivi Tran, and it's published by Newman Springs Publishing. And of course, you can get it anywhere, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Vivi, it's been wonderful chatting with you tonight here about your book. I really enjoyed our time together. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.